Does Taken 2 miss the mark? Is Resident Evil really that bad? And what books should you be reading in the Bat Universe if you're scared of the upcoming Joker crossover? I've got it for you right here on Geekscape. I'm not going to do the song. I'm not going to do the song. My buddy Steve Sabosley promised me a new theme song, and I don't have it yet. So the song isn't going to be coming. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But you know what? We're going to be talking about tons of comics today. So anybody who wants to get in on comics, this is the one to listen to. And we're going to start it off by talking about something not completely about being a geek at all. Um, I've been wanting to know that now that school is starting up, maybe you guys uh, slacked off on the summer but are getting back into it. Um, what do you guys do to exercise? That's something that I've been wanting to know. I know that there's a, an exercise thread on the forums at geekscape.net. Um, it's been pretty active at times, but it goes in like phases. You know, like sometimes the, the thread is really active, and then sometimes it goes like a month or two without anybody posting in it. And is that representative of you guys as Geekscapists and whether or not you guys exercise or don't exercise? Um, I try and exercise frequently. Um, I suggest a mix where sometimes you're doing some weights, sometimes you're just doing some running, and sometimes you're doing like a sport, something social like uh, basketball or flag football or tackle football or rollerball or hockey, whatever the hell you do. But, um, you know, it allows you to make some friends and get out there. Um, I I, I wasn't, I mean, I think I, I spent most of my 20s, and I think you could see it. Like a geek drum going into like the first couple of years of Geekscape, I think you could see me like thickening, <laughs> and and that was me in like my twenties, like not, and it started in college. Like like I ran track in high school, and, well I really ran track in middle school, and then like the first two years of high school, and then my dad was like, "You got to get a job, if you want to use the car." And I said, "Okay, well I I respect that. I think that's a great idea." And there were only so many hours in the day if I wanted to keep my grades up, so I took the job, but something had to go, and it ended up being track. Um, was that a mistake? I don't know. I mean, I ended up going to Penn, which is like a major track school, and um, I don't think I could ever have run on that level. So, no, that's the one that had to go. And um, so in, in my 20s when I got to college, I just kind of turned into a bum, you know? Like, people accuse the, the, the ladies of gaining the freshman 15. I'm pretty sure I, I, just, I just became a jerk, you know what I mean? I, I, the guys do it, too. So uh, it wasn't something that I got back into. And then, of course, having a camera pointed at me every week on Geekscape, uh, one day Laura in 2008 was just like, uh, maybe, you know, we just moved to Culver City. And she's like, hey, they have a YMCA. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what's, what's this all about? What are you saying? And, um, and I'll tell you why I got back into um, exercise. Because uh, I got into it like really hardcore. Uh, not hardcore by like the look of me, but hardcore by like just be wanting to be fit and like feel good. Uh, obviously, I'll, I'll never be like a, a monster or some dude who's like really, 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 really insanely ripped. That's just not, I don't, I'm, I'll never take it there. Um, but, but when I joined the YMCA, they had this FitLinks system. And what it was, was it was a, an electronic system that, that took an assessment of you. And then as you exercised, it would track your progress. So it worked like we Fit almost where you could see a chart of how you were doing. There were achievements. <laughs> you hardcore gamers, there were achievements involved where if you hit certain goals or hit certain goals within a certain amount of time, you'd get rewards. Like you'd get shirts or you'd get like something like a free dinner out in Culver City or something. Like there were achievements, that, like physical, out, real world achievements that you could get um, from exercising. And then, and then just hanging around the Y, I met the guys on the basketball team and started playing that. And, um, 
th that's kind of what I recommend is, is doing something social, but also set benchmarks for yourself. Like what I do is, is every month, every two months, I try and pay for a race. Like a 5K, a 10K, the Spartan Challenge, the Warrior Dash, this is something that goes around. Like this is a global thing. You know, and I know they have races near you. And so what I do is I, is I actually pay money. Like I actually go, okay, $30, $40. I'm putting it down. And if I'm not in shape or ready for this by the time it comes, then I'm an asshole who paid $30, $40. Like that could have been a video game. That could have been a date night out at the movies. That could have been something like <laughs> a week's worth of comic books. But I wasted it. So I pressure myself that way. I put it down to my calendar. Like uh, on this day, you are going to wake up early and you're going to go out there and you're going to race. And I know Matt Kelly did it this past year with the Warrior Dash and I commend him for it. I hope he keeps it up. And um, I don't know, that's my advice. And, and, and I think that exercise is a lot like recommending a comic book or recommending a, a movie or recommending um, a good TV show or video game. There is a video game in a comic book in a movie for everyone. I really believe that. I believe that um, it's not just superheroes when it comes to comic books, and it's not just Halo when it comes to video games, but that anybody can find the video game or the comic book or the movie that is right for them and the genre that is right for them. I do think that anybody who's been like, oh, well, comic books aren't my thing, really just hasn't found the right comic book. And uh, with exercise, you know, maybe you're a, an isolationist runner guy. Maybe you're somebody who needs like a game, some, something like a sport to, to figure out or the pre like peer pressure to get you into it. So you want to join like a league or find some people in the neighborhood who are playing with you. Um, sometimes you need to do it with other people. Sometimes you, it's better to do it by yourself and maybe just mix it up. You know, my time running is kind of just my time to, to think through my week or think through my day and write stuff. But then today at the gym, I'll tell you what happened today at the gym. Um, I started talking to these people about a football game that happened yesterday. I'm a Texas Longhorn fan. I started talking to them. And I, I didn't turn off my iPod. So on my shuffle, it's kind of still playing. You can kind of hear the music. And we're talking. Nobody really cares about the music. And then all of a sudden, like, a chiptune song came on. <laughs> and everybody looked at it like, are you listening to Game Boy music? Like, everybody was just kind of staring at my headphones. And... and and I felt like um, like the like the gig was up, like the gig was up. Like I was like, um, I'm pretending to be a bro, but all of a sudden this chip tunes music comes on, and it felt like that scene in Walking Dead when Rick is has like is like pretending to be a zombie, like he covers himself in like zombie parts and pretends to be a zombie, and then all of a sudden the zombies realize he's not he, he's not a zombie and he's edible, and so I was like, uh, yeah, uh, so I'm uh, I'll just be over here pretending to work out as hard as you guys so I can look half what you guys look like um but that's what i'm saying to you guys i think i think exercise has its place in our world and we don't have to get away from it just because we're geeks and i think it's something that we can do as consistently as we consume movies video games and comic books and television uh yesterday I did this 10k race and the entire t reason i did it was because two weeks ago i did another one and i wanted to beat my time it was absolutely bringing me back to sonic the hedgehog when I would do speed trials to try and shave off my course time on like Green Hill Zone, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'd just be like, all right, I'm sitting there as a nerd. I'm like, I, I, can, I know I can get through the Sonic the Hedgehog level faster. So yesterday I went out to uh, Manhattan Beach and did this 10K because two weeks ago I did the Malibu one. And Malibu was Green Hill Zone. It was all hills. And then yesterday was like, I don't know what the equivalent Sonic the Hedgehog level would have been yesterday, but it was like all beach and stuff. Uh, it would have been more like that Mario Kart level. 
you know, speaking of time trials, it would be like that Mario Kart level where they're running around on the beach and uh, there's like crabs getting in the way and stuff. And uh, and I shaved off nine minutes, so so uh, achievement achievement unlocked. We'll see how I do on the next one. Um, okay, that's that's my spiel on exercise and how I think it can benefit all of us geeks and make us happier because it does. It makes you happier. It unlocks like a chemical in your brain and it unstresses you, and then you 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 feel better about laying around doing what I'm about to talk about, which is movies, video games, and comic books. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, it took my wife to see Taken 2 last night. Um, Taken 1 is one of those movies that was kind of blown out of proportion by being super badass. And I think it, I think I think people, in retrospect, look back at Taken 1 and they were like, you know what, that, that was kind of dumber than it was badass. You know what I'm saying? Like, why, as you're watching it, you're like, yeah, it was badass. And then it just kind of led to redundant films that are similar, like The Grey, the, the one where he has, like, he falls off a bridge and he doesn't know who he is with uh, Betty Draper. You know that came out a year later, and you're sitting there going, "Ah, well, it's it's really not all that badass anymore." It's just in the circumstances, in order to make it badass, are just kind of becoming more silly. So I can't, res- you know, in in this movie, Taken Two definitely suffers from that. It definitely suffers from we have to make this as far-reachingly loud and ridiculous as possible in order to make it seem more badass and I think it's counter to the badassness when you're laughing at the entire movie. This is probably the most I've laughed in a movie this year. Um, did I enjoy it? Well, I enjoy laughing. I think laughing is great. Um, was that what they intended? No. No. Yeah, I mean, like Prometheus, you're just laughing the entire time. Um, th- this, this movie has a lot of silly moments. Of course, you guys have seen the trailer. So Liam Neeson goes to Istanbul and his ex-wife Femke Johnson and his daughter um, Maggie Grace they meet her, they they meet him out there but these eastern europeans who've, who you know who are the parents of who who's the, really the father of the people killed in the first taken are vowing revenge so they've they've basically set every guy with a beard in eastern europe after Liam Neeson and they kidnap him they kidnap Femke Johnson they try and kidnap Maggie Grace but they don't get to it and Liam Neeson has to do a lot of phone calls to Maggie Grace to get himself free and then get the two of them to free Famke Johnson. I would go into detail about how elaborate this movie gets, but it's it, it's not elaborate for like detail's sake. It's kind of just silly stuff. You know what I mean? Like there there's a sequence where Liam Neeson has a hood over his head and is in the back of a van and he's listening to the things around him so that he can remember how to get to there to wherever they're taking, so he, ha- he can give instructions or he can retrace his st- steps. So he's going, he's literally in the back of a van with a hood on his head going, one, two, three, four, five, right turn. One, two, three, four, five, a market, one. And, and he's listening and he's, you know, he's, he's kind of <laughs> trying to remember and, and keep track of like the orientation of where he's headed. Um, and, and, and what, what gets really silly is that he starts remembering things like birds chirping, a guy playing a, like, sitar on the corner. Uh, he starts remembering things that are temporary, like the guy could go up and have lunch, and then you're fucked. You know what I mean? Like the guy on the sitar on the corner. And then later in the movie when this actually comes to fruition and he's retracing his steps trying to find the bad guys, the guy with the sitar on the corner is still there. Like, he's been there for 24 hours, just hanging out. He's been there for hours, just hanging out. Just like, hey, I play sitar, this is what I do. This is what we do here in Istanbul. 
not Constantinople. Uh, I kept wanting to hear that might, might be giant song playing somewhere in the movie. Um, it, it, it just it stretches to the point of breaking, and I don't know if that's good in a movie that you don't want to be laughing at. It, again, you know, they, they, they stash him and Famke Johnson nearby, and he gets Maggie Grace to throw a grenade out the window so he can count the amount of time it takes for the sound of the grenade going off to reach his ears so he can estimate the distance between him and Maggie Grace. You do then have a sequence where Maggie Grace is running on rooftops in Istanbul just lobbing fucking grenades everywhere. You're like, are you crazy? I mean, like, Istanbul isn't a, an unpopulated town. Istanbul isn't someplace like, you know, the middle of nowhere. It's not the desert. It's one of the most populated places in the world, and she's lobbing grenades around like it's a fucking video game. <laughs> Honestly, if, if that sounds hilarious to you, watch the movie, because it, it is literally that, that funny. Um, should have gone to see with Frank and Weenie? Probably. Eric Diaz has a review of it up on the site, and he liked it. I'm hearing great things about Frank and Weenie. We'll check it out. We'll check it out. Um, AVX ended in comic books. The big crossover that has been kind of been going on uh, in one way or another since Avengers disassembled, really, when you think about it, in House of M. Avengers uh, versus X-Men, it came to a close. I would go into detail about it, but I've got my good buddy Ian Kerner, who's sworn to do a podcast with me where we're going to go into massive detail about AVX and how it leads into Marvel now. I really liked the end of AVX. Did I feel some crossover fatigue? Sure, but we always do. Um, uh, Then we go and buy the next crossover. This one I think they did really well. It was cool what they did with some of the major characters. We'll talk about it tomorrow. So if you're a comic book fan and really want to get into AVX, look for that podcast later this week. If you're not a big crossover fan or a comic book fan, um, I read Jeff Lemire's Underwater Welder, which was his graphic novel. You can find it on Top Shelf uh, Comics' website. Again, they had a sale that I put up on the site, so I got it for like $10, which is a steal. This is a really, really, really nice um, trade paper, uh, um, graphic novel. I mean, it, it's not a trade paperback. It's not a collected edition. It's a graphic novel. And um, it's called The Underwater Welder. It's about a guy and his wife who's pregnant, and they live in, like, super north of La- uh, Canada, you know, like Satori. And they uh, and he, he works as an underwater welder for an oil company, I don't know, an oil rig. And he is dealing with the loss of his father years earlier so as he's diving he starts to see things and he believes that he sees a pocket watch that his father gave him on the night that he disappeared he's underwater and he's already dealing with the impending birth of his son the anniversary of his father's disappearance his own failures as a as a son to his mom his own failures and fears as a husband it's really kind of a crazy personal setup in this movie I mean, I think it's like a movie because it works so cinematically. Jeff Lemire went, you know, who who's the artist and the writer, went to film school, and this really, this really plays out like a cinematic uh, journey. And I think it's a really well-paced, amazing book. And he's underwater, and he's working on this, on repairing this pipeline, and he sees this watch. But when he reaches for it, something happens mentally. And like he passes out, you know, you could almost say that he phases into a different dimension where a lot of his past fears start coming to light. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like a Twilight Zone. It's like a really amazing Twilight Zone. Honestly, go to Top Shelf Comics and order this book or go to your local comic book store and see if they have it. Get it off of Amazon. If you're looking for something that's not 
superheroes and it's just like a really well done personal yet sort of atmospheric Twilight Zone-esque story with some incredible, incredible, incredible artwork. And really, I mean, it's a hard-hitting personal journey. Um, this is the one to get, The Underwater Welder. If you've got somebody who you think is into those things but maybe not into comic books, well, this is the gateway drug you're going to throw them at Christmas, okay? You've heard it here probably not first. I mean, this is a great book, so I'd be surprised if I was the first one to, uh, to tout how great it is. Jeff Lemire also did the art for this Damon Lindelof uh, story that's in the Dark, Legends of the Dark Knight, which is a, which is a book that DC started, and it just kind of tells a collection of stories. So it's a, it's a single comic book that's going to start a series, and the first issue came out this past week, and it's just collected Batman stories, and some of them are really cool. The Damon Lindelof one with Jeff Lemire's artwork is really awesome. Batman's kind of scouring the rooftops, and all of a sudden he sees a, a robber holding up uh, a couple with their young son and he has this flashback of himself you know losing his parents and he says no ne- this never again not in my city and he goes to break it up only to discover that it's not what he thought and I think that the writing was it was okay but the artwork is awesome because I'm a big Jeff Lemire fan and it's interesting to see him work in the uh, in like the Batman world that's, it's a pretty cool book, especially if you want some Batman, but you want, don't want to completely invest in the new 52 Batman where they're doing this whole Joker thing coming up this month. They're doing uh, the Joker Returns with the death of the family storyline, and that's going to be going in all the books. Although I think DC's doing something smart where if you just want to read one book, you'll get the story. You'll be satisfied. You don't have to read all of them for it to make sense, like AVX. Eh, I guess you could have just read AVX, but there was some good fill-ins. Um, there was some good stories that fill in the blanks. Uh, another good Batman book. This one surprised me because it wasn't a strong one as it went into uh, 52. And as it came out of 52, it, it still wasn't a very strong book. I'm talking about The Dark Knight. Uh, this is um, Batman The Dark Knight. This is a book that, uh, who was in charge of it? I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to get it. I'm never, I think I, I was think, I was going to say that Paul Jenkins was writing it. I don't know if that's true. All I know is that this last issue dealt with the Penguin versus Batman. And Penguin's kind of been the villain in this book for uh, a couple months. And this this guy, John Lehman, I think is his name, uh, John or Jeff, but he took over the book as a writer. And who is this guy? I'm sure hardcore comic fans know who this guy is, but I thought he nailed this comic. This was a really good Penguin story. Basically, Bruce Wayne is starting a wing of a hospital for children, and he wants to make it the Martha, the Martha Wayne wing. And Penguin says, you know what? Everybody hates me. The couple pots have been in Gotham just as long as the Waynes, yet everybody hates me. Nuh-uh. What I'm going to do is, if Bruce Wayne shows up at this thing, which he's going to because it's for his mom, I'm going to have him assassinated. So he hires these Asian like League of Assassins to kill Bruce Wayne if he shows up. To keep Bruce Wayne from getting killed, or to, to, to ensure that Bruce Wayne is killed and not saved by Batman, he then plans a bunch of different crimes around Gotham to keep... Bruce Wayne, or keep Batman, I get him switched up, they're the same guy. Uh, he wants to keep Batman busy so he can't rescue Bruce Wayne, but all he's really doing is keeping Bruce Wayne from the event where he wants Bruce Wayne assassinated so he can actually bribe the wing and threaten the hospital into making it named after Penguin's mom. It's a, it sounds like a funny story, it's done really well, and it leads into a new story. So if you want a, like a kind of a jumping on point that's maybe safe to get into Batman... I thought this past uh, Dark Knight issue was pretty good. Um, Superman's also been doing some one-offs. 
the new issue of Action Comics that Grant Morrison wrote is all about the Phantom Zone, which is kind of cool. It's the Phantom Zone where Kryptonians threw their villains, but, uh, and it, it kind of froze them. You know, you saw it in, in Superman 2. Uh, in this one, there's a Kryptonian villain that gets thrown into the Phantom Zone, and then Krypton's destroyed. And what's crazy about Krypton being destroyed and the Phantom Zone existing is that all these criminals are still there. And really the only thing that, exi- that, that survived Krypton was whatever was in the Phantom Zone, the bottled city of Kandor, which Brainiac took, and Kal-El, Superman. And now, years later on Earth, um, he's actually found the, portal, the entrance to the Phantom Zone. He's tr- he and like the, the Atom are trying to figure out a way to resize and, and rescue the people of Kandor. And in this issue, Superman gets pulled into the Phantom Zone and actually exchanged for the villain that was originally put in the very first time. And now he's stuck in the Phantom Zone with all these criminals. He's also stuck in the Phantom Zone with Crypto, the ghost dog, the super dog. And this is a really awesome Crypto issue. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. But I really enjoyed this one. It's Superman and Crypto. You know, I'm a big dog fan. I'm sitting here doing Geekscape with my dogs on the couch. But, you know, if you kind of just want, like, a cool one-off Superman story, this is Action Comics number 13. Go get it. The artwork sometimes doesn't work completely with the script, so sometimes you're like, okay, I think that's what happened. But that being said, it's a sweet story. It introduces Crypto to the New 52. Here he is. Let's get me on that book. Get me on that book, DC. I'm ready to write my crypto books. And um, I think you guys will like it. It's really kind of a cool book. All right, let's close this up. Let's talk video games. New Super Mario DLC. I downloaded it. I played the first coin pack. It's super simple. And I got to tell you, if you guys are, have the 3DS and you want to get the ton of coins on New Super Mario Brothers 2, you're going to download this DLC. It's only 10 bucks. Actually, I think it's less than that. I paid some. I think it's 750. But, you know, you can only buy in increments of $5, $10. But, you know, again, like I said a little in the last show, welcome to the 21st century Nintendo. It was really easy to go on, the, on there and download some DLC and purchase it. I think Nintendo has finally figured this thing out. I bought it. I played the first thing, and immediately you get like 30,000 million coins in the first level. So if you're really one of those people who have new Super Mario Bros. 2 and you want to figure out how to get a million coins, which is one of the goals... In, uh, it's like one of the achievements in New Super Mario Bros. 2. Just download this. Play it like 20 times. You'll easily, easily, easily start surpassing all those coin goals because this whole level is just coins falling out of the sky for the most part. Uh, all three of them. All three of them are just like for coin-hungry freaks. So download that. This is what I want to know. This is what I want to know for you hardcore players who went out and got Resident Evil 6 this past week. Is it as bad as I'm hearing? Go ahead and tell us on the website because I'm not. I don't know where to stand on this Resident Evil Six thing. I, I think some. I mean, I think we can all agree that some Resident Evil games have been good and like like amazing, and then some Resident Evil games have been just passably bad. Go ahead and start a forum or a thread somewhere on the forums to to tell us like what like is there a consensus on what are the Resident Evil games like? If I don't, I've never played a Resident Evil game, if I've never played a Resident Evil game. What are the ones that you think are, like, the imperative? You've got to play these Resident Evil games. And, of course, I'm including, like, spinoffs like Raccoon City and stuff like that. What are the ones that are the Resident Evil games that if there's a best of Resident Evil collection and it's any, any, any console, 
which of the Resident Evil games that you think are the ones that are really the high points of the franchise? Of course you guys are going to be like, Resident Evil 4, it was the shit. I agree with you. But is Resident Evil 6 that bad? And if it's that bad, what should we be playing? You got it? All right, so start that one up on Geekscape.net. Let me tell you a little bit. We've got a contest going on right now for the Edgar Allan Poe, the Raven movie that with John Cusack that went out. If you're on Facebook, look for us, Geekscape.net. Uh, join our Facebook group. If you repost and share the, the picture of Al, uh, Edgar Allan Poe that we did, it's a meme, uh, you're entered into our drawing. So uh, somebody's going to win the movie, and they're also going to win some Edgar Allan Poe books and, and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, congrats to whoever won our Princess Bride 25th Anniversary Blu-ray contest. That is now out on Blu-ray, the, the Princess Bride. It's got amazing commentaries on it. It's got a really cool documentary in the back about the making of it, and it, they, re, they actually revisit uh, the people involved in making the movie. And they, you get, I mean, it's kind of cool seeing Billy Crystal and those guys talking about making a movie that, at the time, maybe they, they just thought they were making a movie, but now it's really become legendary. So that's out, the Princess Bride 25th Anniversary Edition. Uh, the Raven, I think, is out too, but you still got a couple days left to join our... Uh, contest, and then uh, Cartoon Network sent me this, and I'm excited to read it, uh, to check it out. Um, it's seasons one and two of um, Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule. You guys know it because it's John C. Riley's character from Tim and Eric. There's an entire DVD of the two of two seasons of shorts of the John C. Riley Dr. Steve Brule shorts. It's just so fucking awesome that Adult Swim would, would send this to me. Um, so yeah, check it out, seasons one and two, it's out on, uh, October 16th, so it's out two weeks, uh, two Tuesdays from now, so, uh, I'm excited to see this, I'm really excited to read it, I mean, this is one of those things that when I pulled it out of the, the mail, Laura's like, what is that, why is John C. Riley doing that, what is this, this is so weird, what is this, and I'm like, you know what, sweetie, I'm just gonna have to sit you down and show you how awesome it is, I love the Steve Brule character, I think it's hilarious, all right, geekscape.net, check it out. At Geekscape.net on Twitter spelled out. Look for us on Twitter. Look for us on YouTube. Look for us on Facebook. I'm at Jonathan London on Twitter. Hang out with us. And of course, Geekscape.net. That is where we hang out. Be looking for that AVX podcast with Ian Kerner. Love you guys.